Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Good evening church. It's absolutely amazing to preach tonight. It's such a privilege. Um, as Mark said, I'm part of the team here at Life Changes and I'm also newly engaged as of three weeks ago. I know, I know. So point number one, God is a God of miracles and extremely kind. No, joking. Um, But we're going to be looking at the book of Colossians tonight and from chapter two, and it's a passage of scripture which I just absolutely love and has been on my heart for a while. So I'm going to read for us and the, uh, the words will come up on the screen. So it says here in Colossians two, verse one to seven, and I'm reading from the ESV. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments, for though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Let's pray. Father, I just pray that you, you transform hearts tonight, Lord, that we see you afresh tonight, that you give us new eyes to see your wonder to marvel at you, Jesus, that you are the author and perfecter of our faith. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you just turn to someone and just say hello. Give them a high five that they're here tonight, someone that you don't normally know. There we go. There we go. But uh, we have this incredible letter of Colossians. And as uh, Edwin said earlier, uh, Paul is writing from a jail cell, and he's writing to a church that he's never visited, he's never been to in the city of Colossae. And Colossae was actually quite a a big city at the time. It was an innovative city, and it was where a lot of things were happening at that time. But one of the things that um, Colossae was facing was this thing called Gnosticism. And what that means is that uh, certain religious leaders of the day were saying that Jesus is, there's the gospel and Jesus is your redemption, but there's actually a lot of other things that you need to add to it. That, that word gnosos means to know, that you have to have special knowledge in order to acquire salvation, that you have to have special knowledge of the scriptures of the Old Testament law in order to go to heaven one day. And what they did there is that they were adding things to the gospel in that day. And they were subtracting things from Jesus. And what Paul is doing here in the book of Colossians, he's writing from a jail cell. And he's saying, no, guys, you got it all wrong. What is important is not that all these different things is the Old Testament law. Jesus is enough. So that song that we sang is almost like what Paul would be writing is Jesus is enough for you and I. That he is the way. And Paul is saying that there's a new way in Christ. And I want to say that tonight, maybe you're here tonight and you've gone astray from the path. And you're saying that I actually don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Or maybe you've been walking with him for a long time. But what Paul is saying is that a new way, a new way of life requires new living. So a new way of life requires a new way of living. 
So what he's saying here is that we have assurance that Jesus is the way. Because the world, if you just go onto social media for a second, you'll see a bunch and bunch of things that are saying that this is the way to require freedom. This is the way to acquire meaning in your life. This is your identity. You just have to go onto Instagram for a second to find an inspirational quote that's supposed to bring you to joy. But what Paul is saying that there's only one way, and that is Jesus Christ. So it says here in chapter 2, it says, to reach all the riches a full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. How many of us want to be assured of something? To be assured of our future, to be assured of the things that we are doing right now, to be assured in our jobs, to be assured in our marriages, to be assured in our identity. How many of us want to be assured to have that deep feeling that you are doing the right thing, to have that deep feeling that what you are doing has meaning and value in life. What Paul was saying, to have deep assurance is Christ, that there's no other way. It's only Jesus that we get our assurance from. It's only Jesus where we find our identity from. So I had quite an interesting journey, uh, for those of you who don't know, is I study philosophy and English at Varsity. And I was always the scrawny little kid, so I had to come up with words, and uh, yeah, yeah, you would never believe that. I grew a foot in a, the span of a month, and I ate a whole chicken. It always involves a chicken when I preach, but that's fine. Um, but uh, I studied philosophy and English, and I sat in many lectures in philosophy where we actually uh, had arguments on the board on how to disprove God exists. You would have different, theologi uh, different philosophical arguments with formal logic on how to disprove God. And there's all these different arguments. But as I went on that journey, I also went in English and I studied contemporary theory. And that is all about identification and gender and all these things. And I was just exposed to all these different thoughts and schools of thought that said, this is who you are, that your gender informs your identity, that what you believe you, who you are is basically where you find meaning in life. But what Paul is saying that these philosophies are going to come into our uh, sphere of being. But what we need to hold fast to is the gospel. What we need to hold fast to is only Jesus. Because only Jesus provides real meaning. Only Jesus provides real value in our life. When those times of trouble come, those philosophies are very easily going to erode. But Jesus is going to stand firm in our lives. So what he's saying is that we can have full assurance of who we are and full assurance of our faith in Christ Jesus. And he also says that we have the riches of full assurance. So Paul is using these two beautiful images of wealth. We have the riches of full assurance, and later he's going to say that we have the treasure of Jesus Christ. So he's equating the experience of Jesus with wealth and with knowledge and prosperity, not physical riches, but a prosperity in who we are through Jesus Christ. And when we are rich, we don't act like we are poor. If you have tons and tons of money in the bank, you don't skimp on, uh, on groceries. You don't count every penny. You act as if you have everything to live for, and you act as if you have this treasure stored up in heaven. Because the Bible says that Jesus is our treasure. So what Paul is saying here is that in order to trust Jesus, we need to know who we are in him. Because we don't trust things that we do not know. So he's saying that Jesus 
is a new way of life. But this new way of life requires a new way of living. That because of who we are as sons and daughters in Christ, it's not something that we have to strive for or achieve. It's just something that we walk into in faith because of who we are through Him. So I had this amazing experience, and it's been quite a big week. And I was really looking forward to just resting on Friday, just putting my feet up, just having a cup of coffee, maybe going to town. But then I got a call from my uh, friend's grandmother, sorry, from my friend's mother, and she said that her granddaughter was ill. And my friends are actually overseas at the moment. So I was having coffee, and I said, okay, let me uh, come to where you are. And it actually turned out that she needed to be rushed to the hospital. And this was an 11-year-old girl, and I took her to hospital. We took her to hospital, and we stayed with her. And what happened was she's completely fine now, but her appendix um, was ruptured. So she's lying in the hospital bed, and now they're trying to get the IV line in her for a drip. And um, what is happening is she is just panicking. It's a big moment. Everything is overwhelming. The eyes are going wide. She's 11 years old, and she's in pain. But as, we, as, she tries, as the nurse tries to get the IV drip in, she's getting a bit anxious. And she, we just start talking about what she's learned at Sunday school. We start talking about a favorite story in the Bible. And what she tells me is she says, Michael, I love the story of David and Goliath. I'm like, okay, tell me about it. No, 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 David wasn't afraid. I'm like, okay. And what does that mean for you? No, 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 no I don't need to be afraid. I'm like, why do you not need to be afraid? No, 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 because David knew who God was. And I know who my God is. And in that moment, and then I said, okay, but what happened to David? No, he became king. Okay, and no, but he's not my king. Jesus is my king. And at that moment, you just saw peace descend. And that was in the moment I, I was feeling restless. I just wanted to get on with my Friday. But I was seeing an 11-year-old girl walk in faith and know who her father was in heaven. And it completely tr transformed that situation. Because she knew who Jesus was. Because she had full assurance of who she was in Christ. And you just saw peace descend on that situation. And the nurse just looked at us and smiled and started laughing. Because when we walk in who Jesus is, it transforms situations. It transforms our lives from the inside out. Because it is a testimony of His grace and His goodness in every aspect of our lives. So I want to say is, do you have full assurance of your faith in Him? Tonight, do you have full assurance? Do you know who Jesus is for you? Do you know who your Savior is, who your source of grace is, who your provision is? Because that will transform the game in our lives. That will transform every aspect of our being. Not only do we have full assurance and riches of full assurance in Him, but all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in him. What Paul is saying here is we all want treasures, we all want this thing, this hope, this prosperity, but it is hidden in Christ Jesus. And that word hidden doesn't mean that it is concealed from us. It doesn't mean that he's, uh, God has put it to a side and we have to seek to find it. No, what that uh, word hidden means is that it's stored up as a treasure in him. So every time we go towards Christ Jesus in humility, every time we go towards Him with a humble heart is a time where we can experience His treasure. Because when we first came to faith, we experienced a wonderful jewel of salvation. 
But Jesus is not only just one jewel. Jesus is a whole treasure chest. Now, I don't know if you've seen the movie DuckTales. Basically, it involves three little ducks and an uncle duck, and he was besotted by his treasure, so much so that he dived in and out through his treasure, and he was just doing that for about 10 minutes of the movie. But this is what Paul is saying is, are you completely in awe of my son Jesus, that he is your treasure? Do you every day seek to unpack a jewel of who he is? When we read the word, we're not just reading words on a page, but we are seeing jewels of who Christ is for us. Because he transforms us. We get to know who he is in situations. We get to know that he's our savior, our grace, our hope, our fortress, our refuge. So we get to experience all these little jewels of who Christ is in us. And then we start walking not in a spiritual poverty, but we start walking as rich children in Christ. And it completely changes how we do life. It's not something that we have to strive for. It's not by works or something that we have to do or not do. It's by who we are through Jesus Christ. So what he's saying is that there's so much more to who Jesus is, what Jesus has done, and what Jesus is for us than we have yet discovered or perceived. Jesus is our beautiful treasure chest. And we get to access him every single day, every moment of our lives. The fact about knowing Jesus is just so powerful. When we, are, when we know him, we are also known by him. There is not any aspect of our lives that Jesus does not already know. He knows what we have done. He knows what we are going to do. But he still draws near to us. He drew near to us first before we ever drew near to him. We were chosen by him. And because of this, we can have an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We can be known by him. He knows every fiber of our being. So that in every moment of our lives, whether we are facing mountains, whether we're in the valleys of our lives, whether we are in excess or in lack, he is Lord of all. And he knows every fiber of our being and he wants to be that treasure chest for us in those moments. He wants to be our Savior and our grace in those moments. And when we access that, we access the power of heaven. We access the power and strength of Jesus Christ. Because we don't walk as just normal people. We walk as sons and daughters with an authority given to us by Jesus. When we walk with that authority, it completely changes the game, guys. It completely changes our workspace. Because we are not just people at work. We are sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. So every opportunity is for someone to experience his glory through us. And he empowers and he strengthens us. And we don't do that by our own strength or our own ability, but by his grace. He still calls us to receive his love, to receive his power, to draw down from him every single step of the day. We get to access his word which is like a treasure trove, and we get to see who he is. I had a, quite an interesting scenario when I was proposing to my fiance now, um, and basically what happened was we set up this elaborate thing in the apartment, but I had to step out of the apartment for a little bit, and I stupidly left the door open, 
but I left the ring in the apartment thinking that it was safe and I was with one of my friends. So we go down to my car and he takes my car to go uh, grab something from his place. But I get up to the apartment and now I'm with another mate and I start looking for the ring and it's just not where I left it. So I don't know if you can imagine the panic that may have set in in that moment. But there may have been almost tears welling up in my eye as I took every pillow from its place where I almost overturned the couch and started searching for this ring because it was the most valuable thing that I have ever bought and I could not afford another one. So if this was gone, then the whole engagement was out of the window. So now I was trying to, exp trying to think of how I'm going to explain this, why there's fairy lights dangling but no ring. And I start freaking out. But then I call my friend and I say, hey, but... I think someone stole the ring. We left the door open. I think someone stole it. And he's like, no, 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 it's safe. So I go, what do you mean it's safe? No, 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 I hid it for you. <laughs> why, why did you hit it? No, 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 I put it in a teacup so no one could find it. I'm like, yes, no one could find it. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> but I, I overturned everything in the house to seek it. I overturned everything in the house to find that ring. But I don't do that with Jesus Christ in my life, who is such a bigger and more wonderful treasure, that I sought this object of just material value, which is important, which is beautiful, but it pales in comparison to who Jesus is for me. And we need to get to that place in our lives, and Jesus empowers us to that place. It is by His grace that when we walk in faith, when we step out in faith, He increases our capacity and our desire to know Him more intimately. As we step out in faith initially, we get to a place where it increases our capacity to know Him. And our desire grows day by day when we seek Him, when we seek His face, when we seek His counsel in our lives, when we pray to Him and ask of Him, our capacity to know Him grows. N.T. Wright has this amazing comment, and it's much more eloquent than I can come up with, but it says this, Christianity is Christ. Put him in the middle of the picture of the world, and the world will stop spinning in incomprehensible circles and begin to make sense. Find him, and you've got the treasure. It may take you a while to get it all out of the treasure chest and inspect it, but when you do, you'll find that all wisdom and knowledge that ever there was finds its full meaning in him. He is quite simply what it's all about. The book of Colossians is a letter that Jesus is what it's all about. If you are facing a time in your life where a situation is overwhelming, if you need to make a big decision in your life, if you need to make a big decision about your job or your marriage or a relationship, it starts and ends with Jesus. Jesus is what it's all about. It empowers us day by day. When we are rooted in Him, it completely changes how we live because He overflows in our life. It's not us walking in faith, but it's Him empowering us through grace to take a step closer towards Him in intimacy. So not only is He our treasure chest, but because He is our treasure chest, we are established in Him. In verse 6, it says this beautiful thing, As you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, root yourself in Him, and be built up in Him. It's quite an amazing picture that Paul is building. He's giving us three different things that we need to do in Christ. He's saying, first, walk in Him. So what he is saying is, you have received Christ. 
Jesus is your Lord. You have received the fullness of Christ in your life, but now walk in Him. It requires an action in our lives. It requires a step of obedience towards Him because He empowers our steps. So when, if you see a child, when they first start walking, it's actually more like stumbling. They're actually just falling and bumping into things. It's not really walking. But as they get more and more used to it, they grow in strength and they can walk further and further. And it's the same with us as adults. If we're not used to walking long distances, we're going to get tired. We're going to get weary. But as we do it more, we grow in our capacity, the ability to walk further, to walk with endurance, because He is the one that empowers us. So as we walk in our faith and continue to walk in our faith, He grows our capacity. He grows our ability to know Him. He grows our ability to walk through His grace. So what Paul is saying is that when we walk in Him, we are rooted in Him. And when we are rooted in Him, so we need to grow up in Him. As your foundations have been built on Him, so build up yourselves in Him. Jesus is our foundation, and we are called to grow and mature in Him. Because He has given us all the wisdom and knowledge through Him. Through His sacrifice on the cross, through His person and His character, He has given us all the wisdom and knowledge of God. If I had to ask most of us in the room, I think you would say that I want to know God. I want an experience of God. I want a radical relationship with God. But that comes from knowing who Jesus Christ is. Jesus says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It all starts with Jesus. He is our source of life. When we are rooted in Him, we are able to walk in Him. It says this, that when we grow in proportion as we learn to see Him as the center of all truth, as the revealer of God, as the teacher of man, as the interpreter of nature, as the meaning and end of history, as the Lord of life and death, everything flows from that point. Our morals our values, the way we act, the way we interact with our spouse, our loved one, our children, everything flows from that center point of Jesus because he is the source, he is the way, the truth, and the life. When he is at our center, it completely aligns us with who he is and we are completely aligned with the purposes of heaven and his grace and his hope and his peace so that when fear comes, when condemnation comes, when overwhelming circumstances come, we are aligned with Him, and we aren't wayward, we aren't swayed by the world, we are completely steadfast and rooted in who Jesus is for us, so that when we need to make a big decision, when we need to uh, make a big decision for Him, we are rooted in who He is, and that the decision pales in comparison to who He is, that decision becomes smaller and smaller because He is a God who is greater and greater. Because greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. Jesus is saying that I am greater than everything that you could ever encounter. And I have given you the fullness of me in you. I have filled you up. In Colossians 2 verse 10 it says that he has filled us up. We are overflowing with Christ. When we walk in that space, when we draw down from that space, the fountain of living water flows out in us. 
and it, it waters every barren land in our lives. It waters everyone who is thirsty because he is a fountain of living water and it overflows in our life. It says in John 15, verse 1 to 4, and it's one of my favorite passages of Scripture in the Bible. It says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that he does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. We don't have to do this alone. We don't have to live life alone. We get to abide in Jesus. When we abide in the vine, when we are a branch in the vine, the DNA that is in the vine flows into the branch. The DNA that is in Jesus flows into each and every one of us. We are sons and daughters of the God Most High. It completely changes how we act because we get to draw down from there. We get to rest in that space. We get to be at peace in that space because we know who our Father is in heaven and who our source of hope and peace is because Jesus is it all. Charles Spurgeon has this amazing quote. It says, walk in him. Does not this mean first look upon Jesus Christ as your way to heaven and walk in him? Look upon him as your forerunner and follow him. Look upon him as your companion and lean upon him. Look upon him as your delight and live in him. Abide in him. The expression walk in him implies action and progress. Let your whole life be practically governed by your union with Christ. Let your actions speak of your fellowship with him. But walking also means progress. So do not stand so in Christ, but go on to know more and more of him. Make advances in the Christian life. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When we encounter who Jesus is, we get to walk in him. And as we walk in him, we grow in who he is. And as we grow in who he is, it unlocks the floodgates of heaven in our lives. And it completely changes our ordinary situations to extraordinary situations because of who he is. There is nothing that we can ever encounter that is greater than who He is in our lives. There is no situation which is devoid of His being, which is devoid of His goodness, which is devoid of Jesus Christ in our lives. He is enough for us. Tonight, I want you to know that Jesus Christ is enough for you. If you are here tonight and you're saying, I have fear in my life, I have depression in my life, anxiety, maybe my marriage is in trouble. Know that Jesus Christ is enough for you. Jesus is the start and end of it all. Jesus is your, uh, your source of hope and salvation. Jesus is the way. And once he is the way, once we realize that, we can step into that new way of life. We have assurance in him. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in him. We are established in him. Now we need to have gratitude for him. See, Paul ends this little passage of scripture with this amazing uh, section. He says, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. If you read on in Colossians, it talks all about how we have been filled with Jesus and we need to be abounding in thanksgiving. What that word abounding actually means is overflowing. We need to be overflowing with thanksgiving in our lives. 
And the reason I say that is that when we overflow with thanksgiving, we realize who our Father is in heaven. When we have a situation facing us, when we have sinned, when we fall into that trap and we just can't get rid of that sin, abound in thanksgiving. When you do that thing you do not want to do, abound in thanksgiving. When you are faced with a situation which is just so overwhelming, abound in thanksgiving. Overflow in that space because then Jesus is the center of your life. Jesus is the person who can restore that situation. Jesus is the person who can bring healing to that situation. Jesus is the person who can break the shackles of sin in your life. So abound in thanksgiving. Overflow in that space because the living water overflows in your life. There is no situation that is devoid of the living water of Jesus Christ. So abound in thanksgiving. Are we thankful? If you want to be free of sin, if you are grappling with the sin tonight and you just can't get rid of that, I promise you abound in thanksgiving and watch Jesus work in your life and transform your heart. Because when we step into that way of grace, he completely changes how we act. Because we're not walking out of a space where it's our own ability or lack or our own works. It's out of a space of Jesus' grace in our life. And when we walk out of that place, we just get to thank God for who He is. We get to thank Him for who He is in our life. And my story is a testimony of this, is that for many years, I suffered from depression for 13 years. And I just cried out to Jesus throughout that time, take it away from me, take it away from me. And there were many times when it just seemed all too overwhelming. But once I got to a space of realizing who Jesus was for me, that he's my healer, that he's my restorer, that through him there is life, that he brings dead things to life, that is when I was healed of that depression, and that is when I started walking in his grace, and I was freed from anxiety, and I had a new confidence and a new way of being because I realized who Jesus was for me that I no longer had to live according to medication or what the labels of the world told me. I got to live according to the label of Jesus Christ as a son of Jesus with all authority. And when we put on that label, sir or ma'am, he gives us all authority and it completely changes and transforms our lives so that whatever you are facing tonight pales in comparison to who Jesus is for you. Whatever you are facing tonight, whether it is depression, whether it is anxiety, whether it is a relationship issue, whether you are needing finances, whether you are distressed, Jesus is enough for us. Jesus is our hope and Savior. Can I call the band up? And we're going to be taking a time of communion now. But I want to say is, who is your Savior tonight? Who is your source of hope? Who is your source of freedom? Who is the center of your life? Is there something maybe tonight that you need to align yourself with? Do you need to make Jesus the center of your life once again? Do you need to abide in him? Do you need to draw down from there? Rest in who he is for you. Is he the center of your life? Is he your way of living? Because what Jesus wants for us is to walk in alignment with him. He wants wants us to walk in faith in him. He wants us to be rooted in him. He wants us to be built up in him. He wants him to be our foundations. Can I ask us to stand tonight? And just as the band are playing, can we all close our eyes?
And if you're here tonight and you're saying, I need a touch of heaven in my life. I need Jesus in my story. I need to, I need to maybe transfix my eyes on him. I need to shift things in my heart, shift things in my life in order to see him afresh. If you're here tonight and you need Jesus in your situation, if you need him to radically transform, maybe there's an anxiety, maybe you're facing a work pressure, maybe you need to make a big decision in your life and there's fear and anxiety, if you need Jesus in your life, I want to ask you, please stretch out your arms to him right now. Stretch out your arms to him. If there is something that you need Jesus for right now, stretch out your arms to him. Because he says that he is our healer. He is our counselor. He is our comforter. He is our Lord of all. He is Lord in the brokenness. He is Lord in the joy. He is Lord in the mess. He is not afraid of your mess. He is not afraid of your fear and anxiety. He is greater than it all. He is greater than anything that you may ever encounter in life. He is greater and He wants to set you free tonight. He wants to bring you into freedom because of who He is. Nothing that we do, nothing that we do to achieve it, but we only receive it because of who Jesus Christ is for us. So with all eyes closed, I thank you, Jesus, that you are a source of hope and freedom. I thank you that you are enough for us. I thank you that we can be rooted in you. I thank you that we get to every day seek your face and come towards you and experience you afresh. I thank you for your new mercies that fall fresh on us every day, Father. I thank you that you are a source of life and our source of hope and our source of freedom. I thank you that there is nothing that we have ever done or ever will do that can separate us from your great love. I thank you that tonight we are sons and daughters, that we are sons and daughters and we have been given all authority in you. I pray tonight that we walk in a new way, that we walk into a new life, into who you are. I thank you for what you've done on the cross. I thank you that by your blood, you have set us free, Lord. By your blood, you have redeemed us. By your blood, you have washed away our sins. So we lift you up tonight, Father. We lift you up tonight, Jesus. You are our way. You are our truth. And you are our life. 